this is the Dan and Aaron like Arama. Music! That was beautiful, and I love it immediately. Um, today's episode is uh, going to be on number stations, um, <clears throat> which I think are really cool. So, really quick background as to how I found out about number stations and why I think they're neat. Um, as I was working on my electrical engineering degree, um, I was at school um, at the period of time where Wiki was becoming the way that if you didn't understand something, you just go down a Wiki hole until you do. Um, and that kind of carried over into some of my early work at, at one of my first jobs where uh, if I had to understand... Uh, some of the really complex bits and bobs of um, how things like um, error correction in a signal worked or um, how modulation worked and, and how you overlaid data into a into a, a, a sine wave, how all of that worked. I would sit there on Wiki and I'd be like, all right, 500 pure, you know, edited reviewers, uh, explain this to me so that I can... Um, kind of botched together uh, what what would seem to be an electrical engineering degree, despite the fact that uh, a university gave me one. <laughs> um, so, of course, what happens with anybody who is uh, given um, time to go research something and Wikipedia is that you end up going down uh, what I love to refer to as the wiki hole which is yes. um, you've clicked on one link uh, to learn about um, CDMA, uh, which is a um, carrier you division multiple access. monster. Exactly. But you start with something relatively neutral, right? You start with bursting carriers, and then you're looking at frequency hopping, and then you're looking at how Hedy Lamar contributed to frequency hopping. That's the, then, that's the entire sum of my knowledge of frequency hopping is Hedy Lamar, the glamorous actress, invented it. Right. And then you're looking at Hedy Lamar's affairs. And then you're looking at the story of the one guy that Hedy Lamar had an affair with that shot himself in front of the police station in Hollywood. And, and all of a sudden, three and a half hours later, you're like, wait a minute. I think I went too far. <laughs> And then you go, oh, it's Headley. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, my understanding and knowledge of number stations came out of that. And um, it, particularly it came out of the, the, the research that I was doing when I was trying to familiarize myself with um, the most commonly used uh, ranges of signals in the electromagnetic spectrum. Um so for context, and, and this is going to get a little math heavy, so I apologize in advance, right? Do uh, it. Do yeah. it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to expect anyone to do any order of operations or complex algebra here. This is just, I'm going to throw out a bunch of numbers as we go. Um, so the most common um, frequency ranges that get used um, in the United States and then as a result, kind of by proxy, as our technology and our understanding of getting signal engineering standards to work ended up kind of proliferating down into the international sphere, is a series of frequency ranges um, that are referred to as, uh, it, it should be, oh, this is the one that I wanted to grab. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, <laughs> I didn't pull this up. <laughs> Uh, there we go. Just right. reminded me of uh, my wife does an, imi an imitation of a friend of hers from when she was like 17. Hi, guys. Right. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hello, hello, hello. Um, it's okay. So it's two free. It's two sets of frequency ranges. Um, and there, there's maybe two people listening that this will they'll go. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody else is going to be like, what the hell? Um, that is uh, extremely high frequency EHF which covers um, 30 to uh, 300 gigahertz. And then there's ultra high frequency, which is UHF, 
which is also a great Weird Al movie, which is yes. 300 to 3,000 megahertz. Um, and then and then below that, you have a, um, VHF, with very high frequency, which then is in order below that. And then below that, you have HF high frequency, um, all of which are very outdated names at this point because those frequency ranges get used like crazy. For example, most modern Wi-Fi um, uses... Uh, um, the uh 2.5 to 3.5 gigahertz frequency range anyway so uh by saying the names of these though i figure that the folks listening along will kind of begin to associate in their head mentally what those frequency ranges were used for right when i say vhf and uhf one of the things that jumps to mind is cable and um yeah. you so know channel 22 Channel right. 35, channel 53, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Um, and then when you get up to the upper ranges of, of UHF, even though you may not know it, you're, uh, you may not know it by the numbers and by the names, but you're basically getting into uh, Wi-Fi, higher-end cable, Sirius, XM radio, stuff like that. Um, all of those frequencies are very heavily trafficked um not only i'm sorry the wrong word they're very heavily policed by oh. the fcc well they're very heavily trafficked there's a ton <laughs> traffic that's a little different yeah well, yeah there's there's signal traffic on those all over the band right but if if you were to take a spectrum analyzer which is a fancy pants device that just lets you look at all of the different frequencies if you line them up from end to end of the electromagnetic spectrum um, if, uh, you know, here's, here's, the, here's the fun metaphor. Um, if the electromagnetic spectrum was the American highway system, then that range between VHF to UHF up to the Wi-Fi frequencies would be Route 66 coming out of the DC area on a five o'clock afternoon during a work day. Um, it's <laughs> completely occupied. And everybody wants to use it because it's the easiest location to build hardware to. It's the least amount of money to crank out a circuit board that works in those frequency ranges because it requires such a low amount of power. That's where ham radio guys started. That's where Sputnik transmitted. That's where the Apollo guys did all of their, you know, radio back and forth back during the 60s. It requires a very low amount of power. Everybody wants a chunk of it. So, all of that being said, and all of that groundwork being set, um, around the around the fifties and sixties and seventies, as um, home amateur uh, home amplitude modulation uh, and and hobby amplitude modulation ham uh, ham radio becomes a thing, um, these guys that are X radar techs and engineers and nerds that came out of world war ii begin to be they, they begin to try and play with some some of this stuff at, at at home and this is directly parallel to the rise of nasa and the rise of you know signal communications and stuff like that um but what these guys start to realize because they're nerds and if there's one thing that i love is that nerds just get absolutely excited about the unexplainable because there's so much that they can't explain. And when they come across the unexplainable, it's like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Questions are way more fun than answers. Than answers. Exactly. Because there's so many ways to answer things. Um, but if there's a question that nobody can answer, everybody wants to get in on it. Number stations are one of those unexplainable questions. Uh, what is a number station? A number station is a radio station that can be tuned into with any sort of radio. And they were first found and discovered most frequently by ham radio operators through the Cold War era, right? So you got, um, I don't know, um, uh, Fred Arbuckle in the middle of, you know, suburban uh, Virginia, Maryland, Delmarva, who just got permission from the FCC to put up a giant receiver tower 
right? And he's got this up in 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 you know just down the road from the nation's capital, right? And he's got a really really good signal receiver on there. He's got a fantastic antenna, and he starts tuning his radio and he's listening. He wants to see what he can hear, and then he stumbles across this very weird recording of a British woman's voice, a female voice, um, saying a series of numbers. Three, nine, seven, one, five. Three, nine, seven, one, five. And then there's static and it's absolutely quiet. And you go, what the hell was that? That was weird. I wonder if I'll hear that again. Yeah. What? And so what was that? Yeah, exactly. You know, everybody else has maybe got an amateur radio station or maybe a pirate radio station or maybe it's FM or you're tuning up and down the band. Maybe you're hearing the current being turned into signal that's coming off of somebody's generator down the road. But what is this? <laughs> Who is this British woman saying numbers? Oh, she's quiet. Okay, she's been quiet. Five hours later, oh, she's doing it again. Now she's saying a completely different set of numbers. What in the world is this? Now, is this, this is, something... Yeah, go ahead. Is this something that still happens, or was this a 50s thing? Yes, this still happens. That's the crazy <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, that's the spooky thing, is that if you if you look at it... So I'm going to use the wiki header for this, but I'm excited about this way more than just what's in the wiki, right? Um, The wiki header is great for it because it it summarizes it um, very, very succinctly. Um, A number station is a shortwave radio station characterized by broadcasts of formatted numbers, which are believed to be addressed to intelligent officers operating in foreign countries. Most identified stations use speech synthesis to vocalize numbers. Although digital modes of phase shift keying, frequency shift keying, simple modulation, as well as Morse code transmissions are not uncommon. Most have time, most have set time schedules or schedule patterns. However, other stations appear to broadcast at random times. Stations may or may not have set frequencies in the HF band, the high frequency band. So this is like... This is like spy stuff. This is this like John is spy stuff. Yeah, it's so cool. Oh, I heard four seven thirty six four. Right. So I guess I have to go kill that guy. Right. I'm gonna or go look up. I'm gonna look in my to code look book. The, I need to look at the the weather report for further instructions. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Wow. And it's cool. it's all yeah. Absolutely. It's so neat because it's it's. It's this stuff that, by the very nature of the broadcast itself, it's 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 spy shit that is buried in plain sight. Now, it's not it's it's not buried in plain sight in the same way that like maybe you know a spy driving through the D.C. area in a black car is buried in plain sight, where that's a person where he's gonna he's gonna know how to blend in, right? That's human factor. Um, human factor is easy to is easy to 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 cover to hide to make disappear yeah it's easier to wrap your head around too oh act sneaky act boring right but that's the thing that i love about the number stations is that signals don't lie and that (laughs) yeah a, a nerd with a ham radio can find this today and you know can go sweeping up and down the band and and they can tune in on some of these and that's what some of these guys have done the 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 ham radio guys um they've got recordings as a matter of fact i'm looking at um if you do uh sig id wiki signal identification guide wiki um they've got an entire uh portion of their site devoted to number stations and enigma stations uh and they have clips which i'm going to dump into uh this uh episode as well um but of course nobody comes forward about what these are associated with i mean why would you you know if you're a uh a a various government organization uh are you going to stand up and say oh yeah that was us you know right right. we uh we were we were saying you know 
go kill uh, uh, Fred, Joe, and Harry, you know. Um, <laughs> of course not, you know. Um, <laughs> but he, Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. D- d- didn't mean to get in the way of your episode of Roseanne. We were telling somebody <laughs> to, uh, you know, uh, go be the Manchurian candidate. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But the, the, here's the thing that I think is really, I mean, I, I think all of this is really cool. But one of the things I think is the neatest about it is the type of method which which with which the information is sent and the importance about sending it in that way. The most obvious method is obviously transmitting in the clear, sending verbal audio number messages that are, are, are either read by a human person or, or read by a speech synthesis machine um, to, to actually just read these, these, these numbers out because that's what, again, that's what you mean by in the clear is just, you can right. just listen to it and you know what it is. Right. Anybody okay. with a radio receiver that can listen from DC to daylight would be able to find this on their, on their receiver if they tune to the right frequency. Um, hmm. But there are other ways of sending uh, number station data. But the cool thing is, is that the digital modes that are used to send it are very low tech. And why are they low tech? Because some of these other modes of, of transmitting the number station data, and this is, of course, you know, guessing and speculation, and, and you'll see everybody has different variations on, on why they think this is, my hunch has always been kind of this aggregate of what I've read about number stations over the years, which is if you're a dude in the field and you know that a certain transmission is going to come in at a certain frequency, you may not have enough time to like open up a fancy radio receiver rig to decrypt and demodulate that signal and extract off the digital (laughs) data, right? You have to know how to do this in your brain. You have to know how to do this in your head, right? So You need to be able to go back in time five years, go to to Radio Shack, (laughs) and get a a spool of copper cable and a a geode. Right. And a a crystal, I mean, and uh, and a magnet and and pick up your signal. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it's not like they're going to be sending these spies over to, like, you know— Here's how to make a printed circuit board, and now you know. Let's give let's let's put you through signal theory and one hundred and one stuff like that. You know, this is like listen for the the lady's voice that's going to say five numbers or dot dot dash dot dot dash dot dash dot. You know, um, there's some slightly more complex ones like phase shift keying and frequency shift keying. There's also what's that? Um, phase shift keying and frequency shift keying are methods of modulation where you layer ones and zeros digital bits over um carrier waves and um it's it's basically you do the overlay it's modulation it's the overlay of two signals on top of each other one is digital one is analog right but now modulation and and phase shift keying and and all the 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 methods of different modulation amplitude modulation frequency modulation etc right they are uh, they are the f- uh, the fundamental f- um, founding principles behind uh, signal theory and being able to you know send um, h- higher and higher and larger orders of data right yeah but the more complex I mean, it'll never work it's just a theory <laughs> I got in news for you buddy in theory you can send data <laughs> in theory yeah. Um, we say this as we record this on um, a system that's likely sending this to uh, a, a mesh network and then over satellite and back down to each other. Um, but um, hang on, the, I was uh, drinking a sip of water. Let me okay. uh, swish it out of my cheek for a second. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, um, the the thing that I think is neat about the the some of the 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 modulation modes that they're using is that. Those modes of modulating a signal so that there's digital bits overlaid over them are some of the easiest ones to in, to interpret on the fly, to get data out of on the fly. So if you are a spy 
and you're listening in for the various clicks and taps that would be associated with receiving an audio signal that had a digital signal layered over it. If you knew that click meant zero, tap meant one, oh. buzz meant two, and burnt meant three, <laughs> you now have four bits of information that you can send, right? Right. And then you, you then take, you know, click, hiss, buzz, and burnt, and then you then transcribe that to, you know, the, 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 the secret, here's what those four, uh, here's what those four symbols mean, yeah. um, in your, in your Morse, in your code book, you know? You get a, yeah, your decoder ring for the day. Exactly. And wow, so I find that really cool, fast. I yeah. was going to ask, how on earth do you put digital code in an right. analog signal with no tech equipment? Yeah, exactly. But that's and, how you do it. Click, yeah. hiss, burr, buzz. And, and the cool thing about that is that what I just described then basically becomes the foundation of uh, layering digital data into analog carriers. And that ends up building on some of the stuff I'll talk about later on in terms of uh, modulation and demodulation of signal at a digital level. But all that aside for the time being, its application to spy shit is awesome because you don't have to have that high tech as long as you train, uh, you know, Mr. MI6 to know that you need, I mean, with Morse code, it, it comes back to, in my opinion, it comes back to how much data you need to send, right? With Morse right. code, you can send um, two uh, symbols worth of information, a dot and a dash. Yeah. And then the way that the dots and the dash are organized then become the fundamental basis of the code language that you use to interpret, right? Morse code, however, as a result of the fact that you can only send two symbols and those two symbols have to be reorganized, organized and reorganized so that the message can be deciphered is very slow. If you're yeah. then talking about phase shift keying where you're dropping the bits onto the sine wave at four different locations, now you have four unique bits you or, or four unique symbols that have... Uh, being able to send four unique symbols uh, as opposed to two symbols then dramatically increases the amount of data that you can send. And as long as Mr. Spy on the other side understands what those four unique symbols mean and can kind of do the same thing as the Morse code but now you're amplifying it by a factor of an additional two, the message yeah. can be sent much faster. And that's the coolest thing about it is that when it comes to spy applications, that means that the dude's not sitting there going dot, dot, dash, dot, dash, dash, dot, dash, dash, dot, dash, dot, dash. He's right. like, okay, beep, bop, burp, bop, beep, bop, burp, bop. Okay, and then I'm going to I'm gonna map this here, 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 and here. you know, And I've got like my, my spy shit crossword puzzle that tells me that this means meet you know mr so-and-so at the intersection of you know um interstate five and interstate six at 12 o'clock at night and the yeah. process of getting that data to that spy is then dramatically increased in speed as a result of the fact that he's got more more symbols to work with so that's that's amazing <laughs> so twice as many symbols is what four times the uh efficiency yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. I remembered yep. almost something. <laughs> you win. Yeah, you 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 uh that that's it. You've 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 taken your first step into uh the the world of uh signal intelligence. Good work. It's probably Good job, like Dan. algebra 2. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe algebra 2. Well, the most important thing is that if you're getting it, it means that hopefully somebody else that's listening to the recording will get it. Um 
Um, I think the most important thing is love. Yes. Wait. <sighs> Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's like Yoda said, love all you need is. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the things that's really neat is that um, number of stations then um, overlap with and interfere with um can i i'm yeah, sorry yeah no, no go ahead go ahead yoda reminded me i heard a really good another really good fan cast is yeah. uh smirsh pod okay uh, john rain has a guest on and they talk about a james bond movie or a movie where someone from james bond was in it and they just this week talked about uh star wars episode seven Okay. Because Daniel Craig was one of the stormtroopers. Yeah. So technically it fits in with James Bond. Right. And he, the guest kept doing the greatest Darth Vader imitation I've ever heard in my life. That's fantastic. And he, he credited it. It was someone else's imitation. Yeah. Uh, but it's the best Darth Vader imitation I've ever heard in my life. And it's just, what? <laughs> Yes. Yes. That that single that single line where it's like you're a force sensitive Sith Lord, you've slaughtered younglings, you've uh helped the rise of um a clone empire and uh you've you've helped uh um track down and and assassinate hundreds of Jedi Knight and um you are upstaged by a <laughs> idiot in a Winnebago. What? <laughs> what? What? Yeah. I have you now. What? I love well, it. I have. I don't I even it. remember what scene that's from, but I so distinctly remember James Earl Jones going, "What? What? Yeah. What? It's um." <laughs> It's he's in he's in he, Vader's in his specialized tie, and he's uh, he's chasing down Luke. He suddenly realizes the force is strong in Luke, and then the Tie Fighters next to him blow up, and uh, uh, that's that's when Vader looks looks left looks right and goes what? You know? <laughs> Han Solo jumps on the uh, the mic. He's like, "You're all clear, kid." And it's it's like <sighs> when you're sitting in the theaters and you're watching it as an eight year old, you're like. Ah! And so it came back. Oh my god! You know. Yeah. But then yeah, yeah. later on down the road, after watching you know the prequels and the sequels and, and digesting years of the Clone Wars cartoon show, you're then like, dude, Anakin, that was a real failure in judgment, man. <laughs> 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 you really let one slip past you there, buddy. <laughs> oh man, you blew it, Annie. What? What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> I could just listen to that. And, uh, that's my new religion yeah so you, you know my brother um will uh will used to do that line but he would he would blow it out of proportion as as well you should and he would uh anytime that we would be watching the 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 movie or anytime that we'd be playing lego star wars on the on the playstation he would uh if he'd play as darth vader and somebody would uh surprise him he'd go what <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader combined with, um, uh, like, uh, Sasquatch, you know. What? <laughs> anyway, which, you were talking which, about real life stuff. That's which, of course, tickled cool. me endlessly. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that was just fresh in my brain. I had to no, share. No, that's totally fine. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, I'll, I'll throw out some quick examples of uh, number stations, and then uh, I figure we'll wrap this up. Um so there's there's some pretty common ones. I mean, obviously they're they're common within this kind of weird listening in on spies doing weird spy shit type of things. But but they're the ones that come up the quickest if you do a, a Google search, and, and therefore I'm referring to them essentially as the most uh, uh, common. Um, well, yeah, the most commonly known of. I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, th there's the Lincolnshire poacher. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, 
Yeah, what? <laughs> and um, it's I'm, so that I'm guessing. Can you now? Can you tell where the signal comes from, or is it just there? Approximately, like, can you yeah. Triangulate uh, its position. That's a word yes, you can. that people say. Yep. Yeah, you absolutely can. Yeah. So this guy is, or this poacher is from Lincolnshire. I so assume. the name it's <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. And he gets on the radio and he goes, "I'm the Lincolnshire poacher." And I'm broadcasting to all the spies out there. No, that's not true. Um, it's a song. It's a it's a British song, and and the, the oh. name of the number station comes from. It's a, you know, I don't know, nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties song. It's the English folk song, the Lincolnshire Poacher, right? And it plays a few bars of that song as the header oh, for each okay. signal, right? So, and I'll play it in a second here. You know, you hear it. It's very synthesized. Um, and then it's followed by a uh, British woman's voice reading a group of it's for the most part it's often five numbers the um frequency range is somewhere around um 5000 to 16000 kilohertz so you're very solidly talking about ham radio and you're just just starting into uh overlapping um you're at the trailing edge of fm radio uh, and, and um, you know, common uh, radio station broadcasts, and you're just at the leading edge, the beginning of um, the big three classic uh, television um, antenna broadcasts, right? Oh, okay. So that's that, that's that frequency range. Um, yes, absolutely, it can be triangulated. Um, the, however... It's one of those where, you know, if you go down that road of, of trying to triangulate it further, you know, uh, you may be um, spooky shitted away. <laughs> ah. So um, the the best kind of approximate location um, that's been tracked by amateur enthusiasts is that it seems to come from um, Royal Air Force Base. Uh, I, I'm going to mess up the name and I'm, I'm acknowledging this right now. Uh, RAF Air Station um, Akrotiri, which is a Royal Air Force base. It's located on the Mediterranean island of Cyprus. However, the Lincolnshire Poacher, as a station, is strong enough that it can be heard uh, across the United States with a good receiver. Oh, wow. So, so that's some really good signal strength. And they're also taking advantage of some of the uh, atmospheric bounce that you can get because you can actually add it with a low enough frequency signal you can take advantage of the 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 higher layers of the atmosphere and you can basically use them as almost a repeater station that causes your signal to bounce around the world and if the um, current's with you yeah exactly and you stick your thumb out and it's a good win yeah exactly <laughs> um another one is the uh the buzzer is believed to be Russian. Um, again, nobody will confirm or deny that they own any of these, right? But um, right. Uh, the station at one point identified itself as uh, UVB76. That at some point there was a there was a point where in Russian someone said this is UVB76 and and then proceeded to give information, right? <laughs> This is UVB seventy six. We got it's uh, eighty four degrees and cloudy today. Coming up, right. we got a, a two for Tuesday from the platters. Here is right. with this ring. 
Yeah, right. Ba -da 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 -da. And by the way, we need you to kill Andrew, who's over <laughs> in France today. Yeah. With this ring, I promise to murder Castro. Murder yeah, exactly. Castro. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. So it's it's really wild because um, UVB seventy six um popped up a few times between 1973 and 1990 and then it seems to have gone silent um it, it mm. may have been moved around um there are different versions of what sounds like uvb 76 that have been recorded by these ham guys but it's one of those where you catch it it's there it's gone and nobody's obviously going to tell you that they're coming back so well, these guys will yeah go ahead that would also line up with if it was a uh, a Soviet thing. It would kind of make sense after the Soviet Union fell. Yeah. That that signal would fall with it, and then the Russian Republic would, you know, whatever Putin started up with the new spies. Yeah, you would think, Dan, but uh, there are uh, recordings of variations of the buzzer that go well up into 2019. So, Oh, <laughs> I thought you said it, it dropped off in 1990. UVB-76 transmitting at the frequency that was uh, that was trackable oh. ended in 1990. Variations of and variations and flavors of UV, UVB-76 have then come up in 2003, 2009, 2010, 2019. And the cool thing, though, uh -huh. is that... Yeah, exactly. The cool thing, though, is that as we're starting to talk about those decades, as we're talking about those periods of time, you then also arrive at a very interesting point in time in terms of radio technology and, and receiver technology, which is that uh, digital chips and the ability to program the chips to be smart about listening for stuff become not just available to the government and available to the commercial sector, but then available to common ham guys and to yeah. nerds that get, you know, permission to go listen. Right. And so these guys start building these really smart rigs that sweep broad ranges of frequencies and listen for spooky shit. And that's where that's where we know a lot of this. That's where a lot of this stuff comes from, is that these guys have done this right. They've built these very smart rigs that they have connected to um, an antenna tower that's sitting outside of their second story bedroom uh, that's listening and just listening and just listening. Right. Um, and and I, that stuff is just wild to me. I yeah. mean, that just blows my mind. I think that stuff is so neat, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, uh, yeah. A couple of my, when I worked at the radio station in college, yeah, a couple of the guys there did ham. And my, uh, currently my neighbor has a, uh, my next door neighbor has a ham radio. His ID is his license plate. Oh, fantastic. I know yeah. that because he has a bumper sticker about ham radio. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's what that is. That's Ham not just a are... weird way to spell omelet. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ham guys are good folks. Um, yeah, yeah. I haven't, haven't met a bad one yet. Yeah, they're 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 really fun, salt-of-the-earth guys. They, they are all... They love the... They love the freedom that comes with, you know... Gun guys love the, the freedom that comes with being able to own guns in the United States. Ham guys love the freedom that comes with being able to transmit and receive on chunks of bandwidth that have been chunked out and held onto by the United States federal government since the 50s. And, and it's, a, it's a beautiful thing that the, the U.S. government has protected some of these bands for years because it allows for... Anyway, that, that's a whole side conversation, but... Um, and chubby old guys love the freedom of German nudist beaches. Exactly. Yikes. But, you know, it's a result of the fact that those guys do what they do that we find out about stuff like this. And it's it's a result of that those guys doing that work, uh, which leads to some of the sound clips that I'm going to populate in here in a little bit. Um, Sweet. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so you've got you've got the poacher. You've got the buzzer. You've got Yosemite Sam, um, which is exactly what it is. 
Uh, each broadcast of Yosemite Sam would start with a data burst. Again, coming back to that discussion of phase shift keying, which would last 0.8 seconds, followed huh. by the voice of Yosemite Sam exclaiming, <laughs> the clip, the clip is straight up just lifted from a 1949 Warner Brothers episode, Bunker Hill Bunny. Um, the transmissions uh, were picked up in 2004. Uh, they would occur periodically, and then they seem to have stopped around 2005. Um, the source of the Yosemite Sam broadcasts was apparently a uh, factory owned by Laguna Industries, located near the small town of Laguna, New Mexico, about 50 miles southwest of Albuquerque. The signal itself was shut down shortly after um, ham guys started to post about it on the various ham radio forums. Uh, basically, it was like the broadcast occurred over the course of um uh up to 2004 ceased on december 23rd 2004 returned quickly on february 2000 uh 2005 um and then as soon as word made it out that these ham guys had triangulated where it was coming from and yeah when you talk about it coming from a factory owned by Laguna Industries in the small town of Laguna, New Mexico. It's exactly the spooky shit that you were imagining in your mind. Ooh. Uh, yeah, right? And and that there's security guards out there. And apparently the security guards uh, said they, you know, sent the ham guys discreetly away. And then shortly after the guys that went to check it out visited it, the broadcast stopped from there on in. I mean, this is this is Secret Sam stuff. It's so cool. Um, now, because it's so low tech. Yeah. Uh, besides spy stuff, couldn't it also be? I mean, besides you know, it it's it's too uh, organized for you know kids playing pranks or saying come to the treehouse. Right. But what about uh, like drug cartels, like you know the Z the Zetas and folks are yes. pretty, are pretty organized and they Absolutely. have a lot of resources. Could it be yeah. them too? Entirely possible. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Could be drug related. Could be terrorist related. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that we we talk about in in my line of work um, is uh, that. Um, uh, a, a malevolent entity can jump on wiki and learn how to do signal interference and then jump on eBay and buy a, um, a repeater and, and, and a spectrum analyzer and figure out where Americans are broadcasting and put up an interfering signal in the course of maybe three weeks to a month. Right. Wow. You know, you get somebody that really hates um, you know, somebody from Nation A really hates Nation B. Uh, they they notice that Nation B is uh, uh, always always whenever Nation A is about to do something, uh, it looks like there's a certain frequency burst that occurs in this frequency range. So you know, Nation B goes, "Hey, go figure out how to interfere with that." Right? Um, and would that be something where like you would transmit? in very simple terms, a wave that would, I don't know, be like the inverse of the other wave. And you it don't even have to be, it doesn't even have to be that it. smart. It doesn't even have to be that smart. You can be stupid. It could be yes. just a really, really, really powerful sine wave. You know, as long as it makes the very complex radio system uh, or, 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 or even just the audio that you're trying to listen to, impossible to hear all you're aiming oh, to do is the bad guy right. is raise the noise floor right or or interfere with the signal of interest right um wow cool. and then yeah and then conversely anybody that's looking to set up some sort of 
back and forth secret Sam operation like this, you don't have to be a government guy. You know, uh, you it's the same thing, you know, uh, five days on wiki, two days on eBay, um, a little bit of assembly, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You can, you know, as long as you can get away with and it, it really comes down to the repercussions, right? If you can get away with and this is this is where number stations kind of inner they, they share a similar spooky space to pirate radio, right? Um, if you're pirate radio, you're occupying bandwidth that somebody already paid for, right? right. Um, you are metaphorically uh, hunting on someone's land, uh, you know, or, 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 you know, driving up someone's driveway without their permission. Um, yeah. If you are a number station and you have enough money to throw around... You can buy that chunk of bandwidth and then do whatever you want with it, provided that it doesn't mess with anybody else on that band, right? Um, so... Well, now, wait. Yeah. So, like, in the States, you can buy that chunk of property, of bandwidth property, right. real estate, from the FCC. Right. So, if you have... Frequency A, yeah, that you've got from the SEC, right? And it's and your but your signal is strong enough to reach Grecian islands, right? Then who does that? Don't you have? Do you? Yeah. I mean, in real life, you don't have to talk to the Greek government, right? Or the French government or Italian government right. on your way there. Okay. No, no, your your question is perfect. Your question is perfectly valid. Um, which is, um, okay, you have your transmitter signal. Uh, you, you have the you have the location that you're going to transmit out from. Uh, what if the other nation? What what if you want to be received in another nation? You know, um, right. The question mark then is, um, do you set up frequency arrangements in both nations? You set up frequency um, uh, rules to surround this broadcast with the ITU, the International Telecom Union, uh, etc. Right? Mm. It, it it it's really one of those where it boils up or it boils down, depending on a how much money you got, and b how secret squirrel you want to be. Um, yeah, because presumably, it seems like if you are leaving that kind of paper trail behind you yeah then it defeats the purpose of being a, a secret number station is it though and the reason that i asked yeah you, i mean i guess yeah the reason everyone, i asked that is everyone because, knows about them anyway right the reason i asked of the, all the ham folks exactly huh. yeah because like okay yeah let's say that you do leave a paper trail behind right you've bought um uh a hundred kilohertz well, let's take it analog Right. You buy a billboard downtown. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of those electronic billboards. Right. And you make it say 1736298. Right. And then the next week it says blue 1490.61 red. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, no one knows what it means. Yep, it's eponymous. It's, it's right there. out there. Everybody can see it, but without the decoder book, nobody's going to know what that message is. There's and gonna it's be easy all... enough to set up shell companies and yeah. stuff that it won't be traced back to. Wow. Yeah, and Ooh, and wild. here's the fun. Here's the funnest part, is that the 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 wild thing about about governments and number stations. And the setup and the establishment of number stations is that the availability, the, the ability of number stations to continue to do what they do from the 1960s to fucking present and still do what they do now really speaks to uh, the um, how easily distracted humans are in terms of like basic human nature. Right. Because a news article will show up occasionally in The Washington Post or in. Um, I don't know, Albuquerque regional news or something like that about 
some ham guy is like, I found a new number station, right? Some journalist writes 5,000 words on it. Everybody goes, oh, that's very interesting. No government steps forward to talk about it. No, nobody that owns the number station is going to step forward to talk about it. There's no funding behind it. And so it remains this eponymous. Um, deniable. Uh, yeah, deniable uh, entity that just exists. And a huh. certain number of people know. And no certain number of people are doing secret Sam shit and are not going to tell the rest of the people that found it, you know, um, it's, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I found a time capsule, but there's, but I don't have the key, you know, what's in the time capsule, you know, and, and, right, and then at a certain right. point you forget about the time capsule. Um, it's, it's really, it's really fascinating to me because like, um, they're there. We know they're there. There's a uh, small portion of um, our world that's actively tracking them and is very interested in them and is excited about them and generates all sorts of rumor mill about them, but cannot get any confirmation about what it is they're doing and why they're doing it because no government is going to step forward or no entity that owns one of these is going to step forward and say, yeah, that was us. Right. And that's that's the thing that I think is just so neat about number stations. It's this amazing intersection of spy shit, radio frequency stuff and broadcasts, occupying signal, which is like a big part of my job, um, and and spooky government stuff, which is just fun, you know. And that's so and that's it. The thing, the thing that I hung up on though. Mm -hmm. Because this is all signals and broadcasts and right. frequencies and stuff. Right. You said you can triangulate it. Yeah. So why aren't they like, oh, it's in that building. Let's figure it out and arraign them and interrogate them. Right. What, who are you talking to? Why don't they do that? Presumably, it wouldn't be that hard. Well, I don't know. You know, I, I can't... Um... I can't make any guesses there other than that. Maybe it would be like a, a tit for tat. Uh, if we yeah. do that, then they're going to do that. And then they'll do that. And then those folks will do this. Yeah. And yeah. I would, I would, I would, my best guess is that it's something along those lines, right? Where wow. certain governments have certain number stations set up to do certain things and other governments have others. And yes, they have the ability to triangulate, but how far, like, it's it's one of those where it's analogous to the hornet nest metaphor. You know, it's like over there, there's a hornet's nest. We know it's right there. You can hear the hornets. Holy shit, they're loud. Should we go kick the hornet's nest? Maybe not, you know. Yeah, or it might be, you know, oh, Bob signaled again. Right. Let's go check Rob. Yeah, yeah. Because whenever Bob signals, Rob does something. Yeah, and that's, and that's exactly it. Yeah, is that... Yeah. There's, there's also, an, there's also, there's a piece of it that is that, right? And that is also the reason that the number stations, and, and, and again, this gets into speculation. This is, that, this is not known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is speculated that the reason that the number stations are so infrequent, because when you look at the number station wikis, they're talking about a broadcast here in 1976, and then silence. And then another broadcast in 1982. And then silence. And then maybe another really? broadcast. Yeah. You're talking about these very, very long date ranges between some of oh. these. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's really wild. What a life. <laughs> yeah, man. Just thinking of some sorry sap sitting on a on a stool next to his receiver. Any minute now. Yeah. Any minute they're gonna come asking. Well, that's that's the seventies. They need me. That's the seventies and that's the seventies and the early eighties, right? From the nineties onwards, these guys could build rigs and then leave them, you know. And maybe these guys are off at you know Cisco or or they're they're over at um, Boeing or Lockheed or whatever. And now they've got it set up so that their their um, pager 
or their blackberry or you know uh, yeah, what have yeah. you will randomly ping them and say you know hey i got a frequency you know and then all of a sudden these guys have something that they can go check out you know at the end of their shift it's like oh you know my, my little automated station recorded something for me let's find out what it is you know i was just reading something the other day about remember that app yo barely uh basically it would go to your contacts and tell them yo oh weird and that was okay. it that was the whole thing <laughs> um but it somehow people repurposed it as like uh i guess like a checking in kind of a thing oh interesting okay like i'm like boop i'm i'm alive after i guess you could use it after like a hurricane or something and uh also like i made it home and didn't get raped yeah well i remember there were similar apps and yeah stuff like yeah i thought i was like wow that's a really cool like well this thing's available yeah and that actually that gets into that's an inter- neat. yeah that gets into an interesting overlap that we can do a whole nother um, episode on at some point about something that I find fascinating, which is the use of um, harmless apps um, and 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 uh, apps that come into the kind of atmosphere and then disappear just as quickly that then get either um, politicized or turned into emergency tools, right? Like um, Twitter and there, Facebook. Yeah became these ways for people to make sure that each other were still alive during the Arab Spring yeah. incident, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And um, there, there was another app. Yeah, whenever there's like a... Uh, I remember one of the... Before I left Twitter, one of the uh, uh, mass shootings. Yeah, there was yeah. hashtags, da-da-da-da-da, right. and then... One of my yeah. one, one of my favorite God, uh man, that's scary. One of my favorite yeah, yeah. smart. One of my favorite uh, uh, journalists. Um, <laughs> one this... of one of the more one of just another delightful necessity uh, of life. Yeah, um, somebody I actually trust. Um, he uh, he he retweeted this uh, thing recently, which I thought was really entertaining. Which is um, he retweeted it in kind of rueful entertainment. Uh, but the content of the message was amazing. It was um, somebody in um, um, somebody in Israel using TikTok to show that they were using um, a laser strobe party tool to take down uh, laser guided burst fire rockets. That they had set up this wow. laser disco ball on the top of an apartment complex, turned it on. And the thing was firing lasers as if it was at a techno rave into the sky in the general radius of where these laser guided burst rockets were coming in and then recorded all of it and put it on TikTok. And that is how that message made it to the world. (laughs) I mean, yeah. That's where the eyeballs are, yeah. right? It's it's just it's surreal, and wow. it, it, yeah, and it, it comes back to that thing that I, I just I find mind blowing, which is the intersection of real life and real politics with these things that get um, marketed to teenagers as harmless communication apps, you know? Yeah, but that's a that's a whole other conversation for another uh, podcast. Hey, um, hey, cool teens, show me your cool dance, and also. Here's how I knocked out the government. Yeah. Here's how I avoided. Here's how I avoided uh, being shelled by a rocket barrage. Okay. Hashtag peace. You know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Good for them. Yeah. I. I, I mean, honestly, completely. like whoever you are. Yeah. If you're able to avoid being blown up because of disco lights. Because of fucking party rock. Hell yeah respect yeah Yeah, mad respect absolutely wow yeah Yeah. i mean maybe not no matter who you are right if you're like you know my old landlord (laughs) maybe you're not cool for doing that yeah um i was going through all the like terrorist groups i was like man (laughs) what if my old landlord did that (laughs) son of a bitch yeah yeah 
I can think of at least one boss that if they did that, I'd actually be quite frustrated that they didn't get bombed. Like, oh, why'd they do that? Darn it, they survived. <laughs> yeah. You, were, you weren't clever enough to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why you were my boss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, further up the food chain. Person. Yeah. All right, so yeah, that's my thing on number stations, and um, with a kind of side rant there on uh, the proclivity of uh, commercially available technology and what you can do with it. Go yeah. on uh, Wiki and find out how to block government signals, and then uh, buy a, uh, a signal jammer off of Wiki or off of uh, eBay. It's uh, free and easy and fun. Uh, by the way, if uh, you're from the U.S. government and you're listening in on this, um, I uh, totally didn't mean to endorse any of that, and you shouldn't actually do this. Um, yeah, it seems like it would actually be like uh, super illegal. Oh, absolutely, it's super illegal. No, absolutely for a regular yeah, law-abiding citizen. End with that caveat. Yes, for a law-abiding citizen, way, that is super duper illegal, and you absolutely should not do that. Unless you are like a legit government spy, yeah, and you're like, well, I have spy stuff, plausible right. deniability. Right. Yeah winks yeah. and nods yeah. yeah if you have a license to wow. interfere with and intercept signals then by all means you can do what i just said to do otherwise please don't do that <laughs> please don't do that um keep the skies yeah. clear because if you don't it makes my job really hard um <laughs> oh yeah that's right uh yeah by the way uh aaron has a, a really neat job that's like important and interesting where he, uh, I do satellite communications for the government. It's, does, it's neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. That's like neat and fascinating. Yeah. I proofread advertising for credit cards. Not as vital. You know what though? Look, I'm, I'm going to say the same thing that I always say about the work that I do, which is that, um, as long as I still have a roof over my head, you know, and, and, oh, yeah, it, no, it doesn't I'm, matter what I'll level. take it. Yeah. It's the best job I've ever had. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's <laughs> By it. far. That's it. It's a, it's a game of, you know, the best job is subjective. And, yeah, this job rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, though, uh, uh, for all the fun that I had climbing up on, uh, antenna rigs, uh, with uh, all of my Eskimo gear on, I have to say, I'm really enjoying flying a desk. <laughs> yeah. Desks are are highly underrated. Yeah, yeah. Desks are really great. The sheer volume of things that you can do comfortably with a desk. Oh, chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I could make more money if I was a plumber. Yeah. Because those dudes make bank. Yeah. If you're a plumber, electrician, or something like, oh, you yeah. make some money. Yeah. But I... uh, and you can't outsource it. Nope. Nope. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 financial power that comes with being a tradesperson is um, just uh, unparalleled, uh, especially in the United States, where infrastructure falls apart like crazy. <laughs> but the flip side, and I was explaining this to uh, one of my kids' friends down the street. Yeah. They they recently graduated high school a year ago. Yeah. But I was telling them like, yo, you make the money. But if it's a hundred degrees, you got to work outside. Yep, exactly. And if it's ten degrees, you got to work outside. Yeah, yeah. And you just go, you, you go into that career accepting the fact that there will be uh, days where you come home with a burn, and there will be days where you come home and you will never be able to get warm for the rest of the night until you're like five blankets deep. Yeah. So, so uh, from from a purely like lazy, uh, uh, my my philosophy professor called them piggy sins. Yeah, you know, uh, gluttony and sloth; those are piggy sins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're innocent enough. Yeah, desks are great. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, <laughs> that was a ramble. Yeah, no, that was a, that's a good way to wow. end. Wow. Yeah. That was really fascinating. Thank you for teaching me all about number stations. You're welcome. Um, I think I'm going to set one up and uh, overthrow some governments. I, that sounds good. Yeah, send, send some 
send uh, five random uh, numeric alphanumeric characters to uh, your friends and your family for for fun and, and profit. I'll tell you what, we have a podcast, so uh, every episode we'll throw in an alphanumeric. Uh, FP4Z8. Exactly. Oh, God. I I don't want to know what I just asked someone to do. Yeah. I'm scared now. Well, the, 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 the nice thing is that only those members of the uh, podcast listening community that have the decoder guide will yeah, know exactly that, what to do that venn diagram yeah is not a whole lot of overlap but it only takes one yeah that's true that's true so uh i guess i'll see you in hell <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well you know we've just uh asked for our own deaths uh so uh uh, from everyone, this is the end of the Dan and Aaron Likeorama forever, uh, as we're uh, surely about to be assassinated. Um, oh, crap. Oh, darn. All right. Well, it was fun while it lasted. All right. Thanks, Aaron. That was awesome. You want to hit him with that outro music?